Nintendos. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Hunter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Tuesday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos and the sidekick. When we left the airwaves yesterday, we thought ETSU was going to be ranked. We didn't know why they wouldn't, but it is official. ETSU in the top 25 in the Stats FCS poll, also in the coaches poll. So congratulations to head coach Randy Sanders and all the players uh, for ETSU. That's a new accomplishment. As you restart football, there's always accomplishments you're, you're trying to uh, garner and trying to get the program up and going. And uh, in all honesty, the way things are going, they could actually set new highs uh, in certain categories for ETSU football. But exciting times, especially after uh, going through the first three years of football and now this being the fourth year and some of those fifth-year seniors, they just feel uh, so happy, I think, for those guys to – to have uh, all their hard work pay off finally in year number four. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is what you do it for, right? Uh, you come back, and you know there's going to be some tougher years. I don't think there's any question about that. you got to build a program from scratch, and doing it especially the way ETSU did, uh, having uh, no collegiate talent coming in, doing it all from scratch, and getting just uh, seniors in high school to commit and, and join the program. Um, it was going to be what I think many envisioned as a much longer road than this. So really, I think to get here when we are and having the chance for these redshirt seniors, uh, the Dylan Weigels, Austin Herricks, to experience some of this. Uh, really special, and I'm just going to jump right into it with head coach Randy Sanders because he talked yesterday at the Monday press conference, his weekly press conference, where he meets the media, and uh, certainly over the last few weeks, he's gotten a bigger gaggle uh, over in uh, over in William B. Green Jr. Stadium in the press box, and he talked about being ranked. I hope our fans enjoy it. It's week seven. You know, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, what matters is... Uh, once the season's over, where do you rank? I'm not going to enjoy it right now. No, I, I hope our players don't enjoy it too much. Uh, I hope our fans do, and, and I hope they're enjoying it again next week at this time. You know, we got to go take care of our business on Saturday, and what is happening outside the program is beyond our control. So we just, we, I'm, I just want our guys to worry about what we can control, and that's what I'm worried about. No surprises there, right? I mean, it was always going to be Randy Sanders with the we're in the moment. We're looking to opportunity number seven. And the fans certainly getting a chance to enjoy it. Absolutely. On Twitter, there's been a lot of great reaction. And I think the main objective for Coach Sanders right now is to make sure that his players are not taking that to heart and, and not looking at it too much and not buying into the hype. Well, I think the how you handle success, right, That that's a situation ETSU hasn't had a lot of success over the first uh, three years of football, I think the longest win streak was a two-game win streak. So they just haven't had that. Now you're starting to see wins. You're starting to see national recognition. You know, do you still have the grind? I think that's his challenge of, you know, learning how to win 
is one part of it, and I think they're starting to do that. How you handle success and continue to try to get better. I think the one thing is you heard it. I think we ran it yesterday. A lot of his sound bites where he said disappointed a lot, and just yeah. so so I, I think he's he's singing a tune of guys. We're not there yet. You cannot be satisfied. Now we're seeing the results. You're believing me, and we're getting the wins. But we can get better. And I think um, for uh, a lot of the players that have been there, they know going to Citadel, going to Wofford, two teams they haven't beat. That's something else you can check off the only off two, your right? list, right? Conference now, yeah. yeah. So you, you can uh, have an opportunity now to, to to check that box. Also, something you haven't been able to do as a team since '97, which is win two Southern Conference road games in the same season. Uh, I know they did an 0102, but it was separate seasons. So uh, as far as the same season, 1997, again they got a chance to have the all-time win streak. Uh, you know, you got to take it one game at a time. But if they were able to to get two road wins, two tough road wins, you'd have a chance to come home and have the longest win streak in school history uh, for a program that's just back in its fourth year. So a lot to play for, a lot to be excited about. And I think Randy Sanders saying the right thing. It's just like when we. Heard Coach Forbes uh, in ETSU basketball last year on the win streak. Well, that's fine and dandy, but we gotta, we gotta kind of keep going, keep grinding. So, but for the fan base, man, how excited you know for the fans that started in year one going to Kermit Tipton Stadium. You didn't have a yeah. a, a stadium of your own. You're lost to a couple non D one teams. You're like, oh, are we. I mean, was this the right decision? What are we doing? I think certainly everything has turned out to to the good and it's turned out well but i i'm excited for the fans uh excited for all the alums i'm excited for former players and just what that means to get the national recognition now and i just want to make sure to make the point of this coming on the heels of homecoming you're hoping that what comes out of this is people take note and say wow I got the chance to be there if people were back from across the country, around the region, just hadn't been to an ETSU football game at William B. Green Jr. Stadium. Wow, I have the chance to be there the game before they get ranked for the first time since football's been back. What you hope is that gets people to come back and gets people to buy in from a fan standpoint, too, because I think that that is one of the other things that a new program needs to do. They need to win fans over and show that this is going to be a worthwhile venture, and certainly with Randy Sanders this year, it seems like that that payoff is coming, as we mentioned, a bit sooner than you usual but uh, for ETSU fans that hadn't been out until that game um, obviously one of the more impressive performances since football has been back and I certainly think that on both sides of the ball you'd probably have to call it the most complete uh, 45 points most since football's been back and then the first shutout since football's been back too and um, first of those accomplishments in roughly 15 years because the program had been gone so I don't know if anybody's going to be expecting 45 nothing every game but that certainly is where the program's at that performance against the team they should beat a team they put away, a team that they set records against, at least since football's been back. So uh, coming back is something I think that hope Randy, that Randy Sanders and select athletic department hope does happen uh, for some fans that were out there on Saturday. Uh, moving to Citadel now because, obviously, we're on Tuesday, and um, this just comes up quick, right? You don't have a chance to really look back much. It's all about looking ahead. Randy Sanders tells us that. He's got some unique memories of Citadel. 2014, I was at Florida State, and we played uh, Citadel in Tallahassee. Beat them 37-7. to I think a lot of the fans were disappointed, but we scored on, I think, seven of the nine possessions we, you know, the first seven possessions we had the ball, we scored. We only had it nine times. You know, the two times we didn't score was late in the game when we were playing a lot of the backups. So as good as that football team was at Florida State, they were able to limit us to only nine possessions against our defense. So... It, it makes you execute when you get your opportunities, and it makes you uh, stay 
locked in from a mental standpoint. And when you get the opportunities to make plays, you have to make them. You, you can't let those opportunities go, go by the wayside. And that's one thing I think we are getting better at offensively is hitting plays when they're there. Whereas earlier in the year, it seemed like we were wasting a lot of those opportunities. So I guess my question to you is, with Citadel and that soundbite and what Randy Sanders has experienced with them before and talking about the limiting possessions, which is so important in games like this, do you believe that this is really where the rubber hits the road for the offense and we get to see if that progress that Randy Sanders has hoped for is truly coming to fruition? Well, I'll say this, and, and we'll talk to, to Luke Morrow next segment, the play-by-play guy for the Citadel Bulldogs. You look at that roster there's a lot of names that uh, I think Buck fans might be familiar with on the offensive end. The difference is, I think, for Citadel so far this season is defensively they're, they're unlike the Bulldogs. Boy, they normally have uh, a, a bit of a fortress of a defense. I know they had a couple DBs a few years ago that actually uh, transferred up, and you just don't see that a lot in the Southern Conference to begin with. And One was a fifth-year transfer. The other one just decided, hey, I think I can go to the league and uh, actually had a, had a tryout and was on a practice squad there for a while in the NFL. So – uh, that was the back end of the secondary, but uh, the, the the front three uh, of the front, there are three, four defense of the front three of the Citadel is young. The back end of the secondary is very young. They're giving up a lot of big plays. Again, very un-Citadel-like defense, and so the offense is, is not getting an opportunity to, to control the game they want, you know. You heard Coach Sanders say even at Florida State, they had nine possessions. I mean, it's very difficult uh, to imagine that a, a, a team that went on to, to compete for a title, and uh, you know, with uh, the number one pick in the NFL draft, had a hard time moving the football against the Citadel. That shows you where they are. I think that's where they're struggling. They're so young defensive. I'm going to ask Luke Morrow about that because I feel like that is a situation uh, where the Bucks can't take advantage. And honestly, if you look at the stats, they've given up a lot of rushing yards, Two passing teams. Uh, you know, Townsend's a passing team. It's got Joe Flacco's brother who can chuck it around. It's certainly a Citad, uh, or Chattanooga, excuse me, is a team that really wants to throw the football around. But they had a big day rushing. So ETSU coming off a couple 100-yard rushers, almost, uh, you know, 220 yards on the ground. You know, if you can continue to do that, then I think the Bucks will be able to take some shots down the field. I think what raised some eyebrows in the post-game press conference and when talking with you on uh, AM640 and the Buccaneer Sports Network um, after ETSU got that win over Gardner-Webb 45 nothing was uh, the constructive criticism from Coach Sanders about the quarterbacks considering Austin Herrick had efficiency-wise a pretty good day, didn't have a lot of incompletions. Logan Marchie came on and went four for five, both got a chance to play, and obviously the result, you're thinking that a coach is going to say, oh, Unicorns and flowers, everything went well, but Coach Sanders is always pushing for more, and he said willingly after that constructive criticism of the quarterbacks that he does expect a ton from them, and he'll be the first to say that. I expect a lot out of the quarterbacks, and, and I'm going to demand a lot out of them, and I'm not going to be satisfied till they're doing it exactly as I think it should be done or needs to be done. You know, Both of them are, are good players, and both of them have done a lot of really, really good things, but uh, I have to remind myself they're basically – each true freshman in this offense, you know, they're they're learning it for the first time, and and I'm asking um, things from both of them that they've never been asked before. You know, we we've been into it uh, uh, for six games now, and and preseason, we're making a lot of progress, but it's, it's still their first year in the system, and and it, it's all different. I expect them I expect them to keep getting better each week, and I think they are doing that. 
I think it's a great point and not one that's often brought up about these quarterbacks. We just know Austin Herring from the progression that he's made throughout his years under Carl Torbush. We just know Logan Marchie from his time at Temple where he put up big numbers against different systems that people really know well, including Notre Dame. But what doesn't often get discussed is that this is a whole new thing for them. This is a steep learning curve. It's probably a lot easier to go out against a Notre Dame and put up 245 yards and two touchdowns when you know and you've had ingrained in your mind for a number of years exactly what you're doing on the field. That's just not as easy to do when you do have a very complex offensive scheme that's throwing in more plays every week and one that you have not played in before. I think the the big thing is you hear him talk about the, the checks. Like in the previous offense, it was you get a play, you run the play. There really wasn't a lot of checks. There really right. wasn't a whole lot of audibles. And it's a situation where, easy. <laughs> you know, every play has a check, right? So uh, my guess is, is that they, and I don't know this, I've never asked them, but my guess is when, when they go to the line, let's say it's a pass play, that Austin or Logan has probably three or four runs that they can check to. I'm guessing one to the right, one to the left, one up the middle. You know, and so uh, same thing. If they've got some runs, they've probably got some generic uh, two or three passes that they can go to. Matter of fact, I was watching the, the NFL game last night when Drew Brees broke it, and afterwards they asked him to play. Not only did he rattle off the play, yeah. but he told you if he basically if he said the word kill, kill, yep. kill, kill, that's the audible. He gave you what the kill play was. Yep. Like he read the you know he said the whole thing and and like I, that I found, too. He just pulled oh, it right yeah, out. just Incredible. rattled it off. Greatest of all time. I mean, I he's been you know, yeah, he's been twenty. You know, almost 20 years in the leagues, you'd imagine. Right. He's got the lingo down, plus he's had the same head coach. I mean, think about that. There's very few people uh, that have played for the same head coach in the same franchise yeah. uh, uh, and had that, you know, familiarity with offense. But but that's interesting because he had that. I don't know that Coach Sanders is sending a play and an audible in. I think there are just checks that go to it and say, hey, if you're getting this front, instead of throwing the ball, we're just going to run it this way. And so the quarterbacks have been given credit and checking to the right runs and doing all that. I think as a former quarterback, offense coordinator, again, he's worked with some high-level quarterbacks. He's also worked with some high-level receivers. And I think that the quarterbacks in these very young, I think people forget that, you know, the ETSU receivers lost four of their top five pass catchers from a year ago. Pretty darn good Almost players, 83, too. I think it was 80, 83 or 85% of the pass catching is gone. And, and the only guy really that caught a majority that's still back was Colby Kelly. Right. And – you know, and he's been thrown in a little bit of a different role this year. So you're really throwing to a whole new crop of guys, learning a whole new system, and they've got to read stuff too. So it is very complex to defend the quarterbacks, and I think he's admitted that it's complex, but he certainly thinks that they should be further along. But it's not a shock to me that a former quarterback no. and an offense coordinator – is hard on quarterbacks. And that has worked with some of uh, the best that college has seen over the last 20 years. I, and Drew Brees is a great example. You mentioned he's been with the franchise for so long. He also talked about postgame last night about how uh, there was a chance that after that, I think it was shoulder surgery with San Diego, that he might not be able to come back and play football. But he goes from San Diego to New Orleans, and I say greatest all time. I think statistically there's no doubt about that. Of course, perceptions will vary for everyone. And uh, when I'm here, I'm going to say Peyton Manning is the greatest of all time. I've learned that lesson the hard way a number of times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And you're going to say Tom Brady. Whoa. I understand. Yes, I Whoa. understand. I, and, that, and that debate can rage on. But uh, Drew Brees with the same quarterback, the same coach, and especially in the NFL, being with the same team, same coach, there's not many coaches that last as long. And so now looking back to ETSU, you know, Randy Sanders, first year. And I, I wonder what unlearning what you've done for so long, what that experience is like. Because when you 
put in the time that these guys do, and you put in the effort, and you do the studying that Randy Sanders says. You're, and I think that we know Austin Herrick does that. Logan Marchie, I'm sure, is doing the same. Uh, we just haven't seen it from Logan, I think, you and me as much, just because he hasn't been here as long. But you go in pre-practice, and then you're meeting with your coordinators, and you come in and watch film after practice, and you're you know practicing four or five days a week, and then you've got the game. And so there's so much for so many years that they do. Unlearning might be as tough as learning. Yeah, and I, th- I think for, for Logan especially, you know, it's his third offense in three years. Yeah. I think you can't underestimate for him having to learn everything new. And for Austin, it's just a completely different system. And so, uh, and it's not just that. You're talking about the offensive line. You're talking about receiver. Again, running backs. The one thing about the line I've, I've always found interesting is that nowadays the line doesn't even really know the play. They've got zero, you know, what's going on behind them. It is basically – I thought it was funny. We asked Mike, uh, Matt Pike a question about a run back. He goes, "I don't even know who's back there." Is yep. you know, we get up there, we you know, we don't even really huddle <clears throat> unless it's it's you know, unless the the quarterback says, "Hey, we need to huddle up real quick," and we get to play. Other than that, we're just at the line. He gives us some uh, uh, commands that tells us, you know, is it run? Is it is it pass? Is it this? Is it that? You know, if a blitz, who am I picking up? Like just simple commands tell us that. So they don't even know. So the game has just changed dramatically. And that, but again, the line has to know exactly, you know, what what they're doing. So it's more than just the quarterback. And I think Randy Sanders does say that that sometimes, you know, you just assume a quarterback's fault, but there are ten other guys that have to listen to the commands and do exactly what he's saying as well. And much like in Citadel's case, the units work together with ETSU, and they have very well recently. And as you've talked about, the units may be clashing a bit, and maybe not head-to-head, but just not gelling in the sense of it working for that system, at least early on this year. Yeah, and I, I think you're, you're still seeing some mistakes that has made Randy Sanders admit he's losing some hair. I think there was a pass thrown. I can't remember the receiver was, but clearly coach was unhappy with it because it one-hopped right to him, and he kicked it back into play, which I was amazed <laughs> uh, that that didn't draw anything. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, especially in college, like in a pro, nobody said anything. Sometimes in college, a little thing like that, although you're mad at yourself and your team, you're not trying to show up anybody. I was, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, first of all, it was, a, it was a very, very far drop kick ball back into play as well. So uh, we'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk to the play-by-play man of the Citadel Bulldogs his first year on the mic. I'll ask him how he's uh, doing down there in Charleston. I'm sure he's struggling uh, as his first Southern Conference job. Is who, who struggles in Charleston? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know the area well. You're, you're, you're losing me. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's at the as beach. Often it's a beautiful city. Oh, okay, good. And he's uh, trying. Yeah, I, please I, fill in I, the I uneducated. Get, I, I, I have uh, <laughs> Uh, he's saying northern, guys. Yeah. have to work on him. All right, we'll talk to Luke Moore right after this. This is sidekick. Don't forget Angry Man after that. So we're going to bring you down a little bit, and then Angry Man's going to get the blood pressure going for everybody shortly. SoundCloud, iTunes, don't forget to download us uh, Facebook Live. We also have uh, Twitter. We put it up every day as well. So plenty of ways to engulf Sanders and sidekick. More of Sanders sidekick after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a million dollars. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. 
Learn more about Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together, but we need a new name. Ah, how about the Five Seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the Prime Ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry, I'm a butcher. Ah, my bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears. At Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Ice, T-Bone, the Beefy Boys, the Tenderizers... Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics Program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandos and the sidekick back with you as it's time uh, to do as we always do every Tuesday. We try to talk to the play-by-play man, beat rider, somebody of the opposing team. I had a chance. Uh, I couldn't have Luke Morrow on live for the simple reason he does a radio show uh, at the time that we uh, do our podcast. But I got a chance to uh, talk to him earlier this morning about the matchup between ETSU and the Citadel. It's my pleasure to welcome on Sandos and the sidekick, Luke Morrow, the play-by-play voice of the Citadel Bulldogs. First of all, Luke, thank you uh, for taking the time to visit with us today, and uh, welcome to the Southern Conference, and I'm sorry you've got a slummet down there in Charleston. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Happy to join you. Happy to be here in Charleston and the uh, Southern Conference. Uh, and, yeah, you know, there's a lot worse places I think I could be in this country than Charleston. So far, so good. Now we just got to find a way to get some more wins here for the Bulldogs. Well, let's talk about the, those Bulldogs, and certainly it's been a, an, an up-and-down year as far as Southern Conference play go. You open up the year at, against Wofford. That's been a great rivalry between the two schools. Several championship games have been evolved between them, and that's a seven-point setback. And, and then uh, our arch nemesis, the Chattanooga Mocs, uh, beat you on a two-point conversion. And then I thought a nice bounce back. Uh, Mercer able to come from behind to tie it up, and Rod Johnson just sort of a lightning bolt uh, uh, picks up a win, but you've had three games, and I'm I'm sorry I've not given you any any good late late second games to call. <laughs> Man, you ain't kidding. But um, 
Yeah, you know, for the Citadel, it's uh, it's been a, a slow start to try to pull out a couple of wins. I mean, they, you look at the schedule, Wofford and Chattanooga, both two of the top teams in the conference right now, and then, um, you know, even Mercer is kind of towards the top third of the league, and they very easily could be 3-0, and but it was a couple of plays here or there. Chattanooga pulled out the Philly special from the Super Bowl to win on a two-point conversion. Uh, Wofford pulled away with that seven-point win where the Bulldogs had an opportunity. They had a couple of fumbles that really cost them, a couple of fumbles in their own territory. It's just a few plays here or there has really been the difference between this start and potentially a 3-0 and start in the conference for the Citadel. And a big part of it is that this team is just so young that I think these guys are still figuring out how to win these close games. Talk a little bit about uh, Coach Thompson. You know, the one thing you, you know with a three-back offense, what you're going to get. He's certainly got some some skill set guys that are still there. Lorenzo Ward's a guy that seems like he's never going to graduate and is always going to be a, a focal point with that uh, that B-back or full-back position. But talk about Coach Thompson and, and some of the key offensive players. Yeah, well, Lorenzo Ward has been excellent. I mean, he's a guy who you know, he's a former walk-on. He came here uh, just looking for a chance to play. He earned a scholarship this offseason, and now as a junior, he's the starting fullback and, and leading the conference in yards per game from the fullback position. He's been excellent. He's, uh, he's, he's interesting because when you look at him, I think he's got a lot more speed than you would anticipate. He's a, kind of a small but really strong guy. He's a fullback, of course, so you wouldn't expect you know fullbacks are more powerful runners than they are quick, but... He blew off a 38-yard touchdown run this past week or prior to the, the bye week two weeks ago and uh, just really blew by everybody there in Maryland where it was almost like they were caught off guard by his speed. So he's been the leading rusher despite, you know, everyone hears about this triple option offense, but more often than not it's just been handoffs on fullback dives up the middle to Lorenzo Ward. When they do run it outside with either the quarterback, Jordan Black, who's, who's a real athlete at the quarterback position, they have a few different options at the A-back position. Uh, they've used about five different guys, and they want to get some others in there as well. Grant Drakeford is having a very good year from the A-back position as a slot back. Um, Rod Johnson, Keontae Sessions have been doing some good things as well. But mostly, you know, those are the guys that have been involved in the passing game have been the A-backs. Grant Drakeford is the leading receiver right now for the Citadel. When you look at the receiving numbers, I mean, the receivers, actual wide receivers on this team have five catches, and almost all of those have come the last two games. It's really been all uh, running backs once they do put the ball in the air. So that's where Drakeford really comes into play. Um, even Keontae Sessions, who's been very good on special teams. Rod Johnson, of course, has done a little bit of everything with that kick return touchdown. So they use a lot of different guys in that backfield. They all bring a little something different to the table, and they're all pretty skilled. The one thing I think Citadel might be lacking a little bit, and again, I've just watched a little bit of game film, not a whole lot, but a couple of years ago, the defense uh, really didn't get a lot of notoriety, but I thought they were one of the better in the uh, Southern Conference, especially the back end of the secondary. They, they were ball hawks and uh, were able to, to fly around and make plays in the secondary, and then really their front three were, were, were big and large, and a couple of those guys have graduated, so it seems to be a lot of turnover on the Citadel defense. Talk about them through the first four games this year. Yeah, that's where the struggles have come, and I think that's where the big learning curve has been because offensively, you know, the entire offensive line is the same starting group from last year. All those running backs, almost all the running backs, are, uh, you know, experienced or upperclassmen, the quarterbacks are juniors. So they have experience on the offensive side. It's the defensive side where they're so young. They have seven new starters this year. So, you know, as you know, anytime you replace seven guys on any one unit, I mean, that, there's a lot of change there, and I think time – It'll take some time for that uh, unit to gel. But 
for Brent Thompson, in his first two years here at the Citadel, they allowed more than 30 points just three times in those two years. And this year, they're now averaging to allow 33 points per game. So it illustrates what you said where, yeah, this was a, a good defense just a couple of years ago. This year now, they're putting up numbers that – at least Brent Thompson hasn't been used to seeing here at the Citadel, and that's not what the Citadel wants to be about. With that type of triple option offense, you don't want the shootout games like they just had against Towson. You want low-scoring defensive battles where you can control the clock and keep it more in, in, in your kind of game, and that hasn't really been the case this year for the Bulldogs. So it's very young on that defensive side. Um, you know, They had guys, freshmen, that started week one just thrown out there and they think they're getting better each and every week but i think the biggest thing is uh mainly you know the secondary has gotten torched at times but i think the bigger issue is just stopping the run game they're averaging to allow over 200 rushing yards per game and doing so against some teams that have been known to throw the football like uh, chattanooga and like towson and yet you go into these games expecting a lot of passing and instead it's the ground game that's beating you from teams that really haven't ran it all the well all that well so that's i think where they really need to clean things up defensively is just slowing down that run the running attack of their opponents and in the process try to speed up this learning curve for some of the youth we're visiting with Luke Morrow, the play-by-play voice of the Citadel Bulldogs, the opponent for the Bucks coming up this weekend. Special teams, though, have been pretty good. You've got not just a kick return for a touchdown, but I think a, a punt return as well. Special teams have been very good. And what uh, Coach Thompson did this offseason was he took over uh, the A-backs position. He started coaching the A-backs. That used to be coached by the special teams coordinator, J.P. Gunter. And what Coach Thompson wanted to do is, as he said, you know, kind of take care, take advantage more of their resources. Just because he's a head coach doesn't mean he can't focus on a position. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have a certain position group. So he wanted to take that off the table of J.P. Gunther so that they could give more attention to both the A-back position and then also more attention to special teams. And I think that has worked very well for special teams. That's been really their best unit uh, as a team this year. I mean, they have a freshman punter, Matt Campbell, who's been phenomenal. He's got a, a, a real boot for a leg. He's put about a third of his kicks inside the opponent's 20. He's been great for this team in terms of switching field position. Um, their coverage units have been solid. And then, yeah, as you said, the return game has been very good. And Rod Johnson had that kick return touchdown, which won them the game at Mercer. It was the first kick return touchdown in 16 years for the Citadel, third longest in program history. And actually, Johnson, the week before that game, asked Brent Thompson the last time the Citadel had a kick return touchdown and Brent didn't know the answer but he said he, he knew it's been a long time and Rod said okay well I think I'm going to change that this week and then he went out and he did it to win the game against Mercer so special teams have been very good for the Bulldogs that's been one uh, one area that they haven't had to worry about this year and I think in part because this year unlike maybe a couple other years they put even more attention into that group here for 2018. Luke, uh, how uh, devastating was it? Uh, and I don't know, devastating is probably the wrong word, but j- just not being able to get that game against Charleston Southern. I know it'll be happening uh, if if either team isn't in the playoffs. It'll happen at the end of the year. But you've talked about a young defense and you know getting a non-conference game in, able to get more time on the field, game experience. You know, how how do you think that maybe is affected? I know it gave another bye weeks so you can get on the practice field, but certainly I think Coach Thompson would have valued to have that extra game in, especially getting the meat and potatoes of the Southern conference schedule the rest of the year yeah you're absolutely right and that was something we talked about when that occurred you know if he 
preferred to have that game or if he kind of liked the new schedule where he had that week off. Unfortunately, because of the storm, you know, everybody evacuated, so they didn't even get to take advantage of that week in terms of practice because all of the, the players and the students were out of here. They evacuated out of town and, and really out of the state for uh, the week, and they didn't come back until uh, the Monday before the next game. So then you had a regular week to prepare for that. So not only did, did they not have the game, but they really couldn't take advantage of practice time either. And I think that was... Uh, that would have been a helpful game at that point in the season for the Citadel for the reasons that you mentioned. You get out of conference against a winnable opponent here in town, and you have a chance to work on some things out of conference with that young group. Instead, what they had to do is open up the season with three straight conference games, which is something that has not happened for the Citadel in 92 years. That's how uncommon that is. And now do that with this young team uh, that they have. Fortunately, they rebounded well. They got the win against Mercer, and they'll play that Charleston Southern game, the final game of the season, uh, the Thursday after Thanksgiving. That will be a really fun night, regardless of what happens the rest of this season, just because it is a rivalry here in town. It's going to be the only thing going on on a Thursday night here late in November in Charleston, and, and that will be a fun night. But I know Co- Coach Thompson uh, certainly wishes that they did have that game um, because, you know, that was the winnable game. You get that win. Then you get the win of Mercer. Things can start to snowball in the right direction. Plus, you get an extra game experience out of conference with these young guys before now uh, going through a series of, of conference games here over the next couple of weeks. Well, Luke, we, we appreciate the time and uh, look forward to seeing you down in Charleston. And uh, if you run into Tony Skull, remind him it's his turn to buy. <laughs> Will do. Hey, I'm looking forward to the game Saturday, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. All right, Luke, thank you. That's Luke Morrow, the play-by-play voice of the Citadel Bulldogs, we'll see him on Saturday. That'll do it for our segment with the opposing team play-by-play man. When we come back, it is our ever-popular Angry Man segment. What in the world is Angry Man and happy about? Honestly, who really knows? But we'll find out right after this time out. You're listening to Santos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can do the RSS feed, and every day we hope to have it up on Twitter and on Facebook Live. Plenty of ways to get your Sandos and Sidekick. You can feed the beast if you want. But right now we're going to try to tame the beast known as Angry Man. Right for this time out, to your word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a Dave's Double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. 
Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Yo, can I get a and I hate everything. No, God! No, God! Please, no! No! Oh, boy. Oh. I, I'm trying. Let me get comfortable. Hang on. I got to change my seat here. I got to get a little comfortable because it is Tuesday. That means it is ticked off Tuesday. I live which in means. fear of 1130 on Tuesdays. I'll admit that. Angry man, I believe, is downstairs. I'm now comfortable. I don't really need to give you much of an introduction. Angry man is here. Go. Good morning, fellas. What's up? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm now bleeding Coming. from my eardrums. <laughs> you know what Coming ticks in. me off? You Many know what things. got my blood going? And I've been, I just wanted to get this off my chest since late last week. When mm-hmm. someone tells Angry Man what he needs to be ticked off about. Don't tell me what needs to make me mad. See, that's I, what you did. He's talking to you. No, he's not talking to me. I he's did talking not do to that. you. No, I did not do that. Angry Man set the record straight. That was not me. You're correct, sidekick. It's someone else, and you know who I'm talking about. I'm calling you out. Yeah, I do hope he feels terrible about this. Now, I think one thing is you may be feeding into his I don't want to say mockery, but his uh, his admiration, you know, is, uh, what is it? Flattery is the sincerest form of admiration or something like that, whatever the saying goes. Uh, something <laughs> you're like asking that. me? Something <laughs> like that. I have no idea. But what are you he... trying to say, sidekick? Now you're ticking me off again. Well, I'm saying that he's imitating you because he really likes what you're doing. How does that tick you off? Imitation is a serious form of That's all I heard. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you're, you're losing me now. Now I'm going to start siding with the person that I know it is that ticked you off. Is that is that all you got today? No, that's it. No. Okay. You know what else ticks me off? Condiment bottles. That's wow. right. Condiment that's an interesting bottles. Interesting Okay. You want to hear it? I'm intrigued. Yes, yes, I do want to hear it. So last night I'm on the couch watching some football. 
a little hungry, so I get some chips and salsa. Well, the salsa jar is a little elongated bottle. Salsa's almost gone. Part of it's stuck to the bottom. I'm trying to whack the bottom with my hand to get that salsa out. It won't come out. So now I got to get a spoon. The spoon barely gets to the bottom. Trying to scrape up all the rest of the salsa so I don't waste any. Pull the spoon out. Get my hand out. I got salsa all over my hand. Come on. Fix it. It also goes with A1 sauce. I love A1 sauce on my burger. Nice, juicy burger with some A1 sauce. Get some savory flavor. But the elongated bottle is a little hole. You can't get anything in the hole to get the rest of the sauce out. You waste a lot of good sauce. What is going on here? Is this really about condiments? Hold on, hold on. I'm, trying, I'm trying to hold it together here. Okay, so. How long is that salsa I, in there that it's stuck to the bottom of the I jar? Just, well, I, For about a week. No, that's not that I long. do. I, I've had that before. Have you? Uh, okay. Yeah, where, where you've tried to get. The worst part isn't really you can't get all the salsa at the bottom. It is that when you pull your hand out that it is covered, you know, in the salsa or whatever it may be. I'm trying to think. So I've actually made a rule in my house that you have to get the the big mouth short jobbies so it's just easier to pour out and then you don't worry about it. Because the other thing is, my thing is, what always happens is when you leave the salsa in the fridge too long or whatever it is, then that happens, right? Then it's just it's not right. It's a, so just buy a smaller amount of salsa. If you have to go back to the grocery store once every once in a while, that's fine. Most people go once a week or something like that. I mean, maybe you don't, but everybody else does in the world. So. That's my thing. The A1 is a legitimate, though. It is such a tiny hole. Because I, mean, I don't that's understand. Impossible. Like, Here's the other thing. I don't understand why they don't go. Like, Jelly made a conscious effort to go squeeze bottle, right? Salad dressing is now a little bit of a squeeze bottle. And when it's over with, then you can take the thing over and try to get the extra little bit out of it. Ketchup's got to go. Like, I just don't yeah, know hold why on, on. A1. You said ketchup. You said ketchup? If you get the yes. bottle of ketchup, why do you have to whack it on the 57 just to get the ketchup out? Why? That is that is obnoxious. That is again. I get so the squeezable obnoxious. ketchup. I get to. I don't. I but just. Sometimes just, you're at a restaurant and they don't have squeezable. Then you gotta whack it on the fifty-seven. And you look like an idiot in front of everyone else that's trying to enjoy their meal. You're here tapping on the fifty-seven, exactly. like like you know what you're doing. When in fact you're just doing it because the waitress said, "Hey, tap on the 57. Oh, you do no, it for that, like two minutes. And that you was don't a get commercial, anything. right? Yeah. So the whole commercial. Did. But here's the other thing. When you do that with the bottle at the restaurant, have you ever gave it a, a, a good hit expecting it to be the one you're going to be hitting it for like 30 times? <laughs> and you give it the first hit, and the boom, everything just comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just Here, plops right on your plate. Angry Man, my other thing about the A1 point that you made, I feel like every A1 bottle that I've seen, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the mixture and, and the formula they use to make it, but it takes like 20 seconds once it's open for stuff to crust to the edges. Yes. And so like you're going to have stuff crusted on the inside too. And there's, there's just some you're not going to be able to get. I don't know what they do, but it's kind of disgusting. It is. I don't know what happens there. It is. I know exactly what you're talking about. You just get that crust formation. Ugh. And the thing, it pours out so fast. So you pretty yes. much go through one bottle in one meal. At least yes. I do. That's, that's how I work. So, but the hole is so tiny, so tiny, and you can't stick a knife or anything in there. Why? Fix it. 
Now, see, with salsa, I usually get the, the larger one, like the mm -hmm. bigger top. The, the littler one's like the ones that I, I can't remember what brand it is, but they've got a really tiny top. And then I can't even put my hand in there. Do you remember, Angry Man, when Pringles came out with the larger top so people oh, with yeah. larger hands could That's stick right. their hands yeah. in and get as many chips as they wanted? I thought it was kind of brilliant and also kind of hilarious, just an American thing that we needed to do to stick our whole hand in there and get all the chips at once. But they're thinking about everybody. It's they a are. solution. They are. And I'm with you with the wide mouth cheese dip. I'm with you there. Mm. But I like this the salsa brand I like ah. doesn't have the wide mouth doesn't have that girth So you just I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but they got to fix it great word choice Thank you. Okay, I'm just You're looking deeply into yourself when you're supposed to be focusing on angry man well, that's, well, Something's going on up here. I'm just trying to figure that out. Yeah. All right. Well, there um, needs to be hair right <laughs> yeah. Fix your hair All right, All right uh, angry man uh, Run a little short on time, but as always, I'm sure there's something in the sports world that made you upset. No Bears this week. No Bears, but you know what went on this week? Major League Baseball. And, you know, they're trying to shorten the game and get cute and come up with a new rule this year about how many mound visits you can make. And it was a big talk in preseason. I don't know how many times it came into effect or they actually dealt with it in the regular season, but I'm watching postseason baseball the other night. Yankees, Red Sox. All of a sudden, to make a mound visit, a bar pops up on the screen. The Yankees only have three more mound visits left. I'm like, really? Are you really going to penalize a team on the biggest stage of your sport because you're making too many mound visits? That's not how you shorten the game, MLB. Take a different look and get rid of that rule. It's terrible. Angerman, what are your thoughts on the runner starting on second base in minor league baseball and extra innings now? That's another terrible rule, too. I don't like it. I mean, they're running out of ideas, it seems like. Let, let me – I'm going to throw a suggestion out there. Maybe we don't have four-minute commercial breaks. That, or, that's a big one. I mean, while they're doing a pitching change or something, instead of breaking away for two and a half minutes, why don't they run the the picture-in-picture -picture commercial while they're doing – I mean, there's ways of getting it out there. I mean, I know well, it's all NASCAR about money. NASCAR, they go to the commercial break <laughs> and they split the screen. Yeah, and they're thriving. Right NFL now, started it this year, right? No, NFL started it this year though. That's the on the I think it's Sunday night game. They will uh, occasionally go to just a, after a kickoff, it's just a, a big thirty second oh, yeah. break. But I just it doesn't take away from the action. But if you the other thing is it's playoff baseball. It always goes four hours. I mean, there's going to be yeah. you're going to make extra changes. You're gonna, why are you, you going to ruin your? Why are you going to ruin it on the biggest <laughs> stage of the playoffs? Like, nope, oh, you can't go out there now. Otherwise, you're going to make a pitching change. Come on. It's just the playoffs. You're going to do that in the World Series? You're going to tell a manager, nope, you're not going to go out there? It's just it's a bad idea. If anything, why are you playing 162 games or nine innings? That's the only other ways you can fix it. In softball, they play seven innings. You get a game done in an hour and a half. Look I at give, another way to fix it. I give Angry Man credit here because without him, I would not have known the playoffs are going on. Uh, Baseball just doesn't register with me once football comes around, honestly. I think a lot of people are in that boat. You might be the one pouring the most energy into baseball in the entire country right now, Angry Man, and they think. Well, I'd say around here with the Braves being in it, they're probably. Fair are, enough. Uh, uh, being uh, in it. They were in it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not, not, not for long, though. Yeah. But, they, they, but they were. But they uh, were. Uh, it now. That's a fair no, point. No, no, no. Well, they're gone. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty much how quick they were in the playoffs. Wow. <laughs> nice. It is a fair point. So, regionally, there was some. But, I mean, I think on the whole, it's just tough for people that get into it. it this is this is very much a uh, especially down right in yeah. the south the, the SEC country um, they're they're very pro football around here so uh, yeah I'd say it does lose a little bit of its luster there are people I know that 
are either huge baseball or huge NASCAR fans until football kicks off, and then they basically just stop watching those sports altogether. Angry Man, I want to get one more take from you before you you leave today, and we're sorry that you have to go. We wish we could do a whole show with you. We kind of think that Angry Man could get a spinoff at some point, but that's just a pipe dream, I believe, of ours and of Angry Man's. And I want to, because we're talking about condiments, I want to hear the strangest combination of foods that you've ever tried with a condiment included. Okay, you, this this is a great one. So my junior year in college, I made French toast, but it wasn't any type of French toast. You know, usually you put syrup, powdered sugar, cinnamon, and sugar on French toast. I hope salsa's on it. No. Well, this, this Saturday morning in college, I make some French toast. I melt some cheese on it, put some bacon on it. Whoa. Crumble up some chips on it, and instead Whoa. of syrup, you top it off with barbecue sauce. Now that <laughs> is a great way to start a morning. Well, you had me at bacon. Oh, I love and that. And then you lost me at barbecue sauce. That is had me at bacon. That I can picture it. You're, you're painting the picture, Angry Man. You should take Jay Sandos's job and my job because we do not paint a picture nearly as well as you do with the bacon and the cheese and the French toast and the barbecue sauce. And I can imagine Angry Man on his couch on a Saturday morning preparing for, say, a college game day, a big college matchup, or on a Sunday morning even. And also, college is the perfect opportunity to just kind of look at whatever's in the fridge. Because you're a college kid, you got an excuse. You know, if you do that as an adult, you're kind of a, you know, a low life. There's right? nothing I mean, people, wrong with it if you're an adult. Hey, I don't think so either, but I think that others in society would disagree. I am 100% with you because, hey, I still do some of that stuff too. But in college, it's one of those perfect built-in excuses. Oh, what do I have in my fridge? Why not try this? Wait a second. I might be onto something. Take a bite, and it's magic. It is honestly one of the most fulfilling and gratifying moments of your life when you come up with a concoction like that. Yes, and, and, and it was wonderful too. People are going to mock it, but all it is was bread and egg, and then you fry, you put it on a little frying pan, and then you put some great toppings on it instead of the sugar and powdered sugar and syrup. No, go heavy. Barbecue sauce, chips, bacon, and cheese. I will never mock it. The only thing I was going to say is I've I've also in college uh, tried some of those concoctions, and they're great when they work, but let me tell you, when they don't. <laughs> Dumpster those, And then it's like, well, I don't have any other food. Am I going to stomach the rest of this? You got Just chalk it up. Yeah, yeah. of course you do. Yeah. And chalk it up to I'm not doing that again. Or do, yes, I, I Sometimes it comes down to a new segment. Ooh, crazy is, yeah. food ideas. Yeah. yeah, crazy things with food. Uh, angry, Clearly, I've eaten a lot. Angry man's angry food. Uh, okay, well, well, we'll come up with something. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it and figure something out. Perfect. All right, all right, angry man. Appreciate it. See angry you next man. Week. Thanks, guys. All right, Santos and the sidekick. One more segment. Salsa. On this episode, uh, boy, that went a lot of different directions. I like how he worked in the barbecue at the end because I was like, well, is he going to listen to my part about condiment? And notice how he was very ready for that scenario. I did not talk with Angry Man about this at all. It just came into my mind when he was talking about salsa. That's what I was one. amazed. No, I was going to comment no. on that because Cause we he do went pre- right off the cuff, right? Let's be honest. We, right we do pre-plan things here and there, but that was not one of those, and he was just 100% ready for it. That, that's a guy that loves his food, and uh, we love Angry Man. We do love Anger Man. I hate that uh, we won't be able to talk to him until Tuesday. Yeah. Probably better for mine, yours, and his blood pressure. Yes. Santos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to the RSS feed and download on iTunes. You can listen on those two uh, um, what sources. No, whatever it's called. Platforms. Platforms. There you go. Uh, also, Twitter, Facebook Live, some other things. Make Santos sure to golf us. One Santos more segment. Trey up next. Trey's up next. Does he, does he know what segment Top he's doing? 25. Yeah, making sure Trey's on it. We'll talk to Trey Adams right after this on Santos and Sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. 
Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. Six weeks it took me to figure out that that Attaboy. was not over. Hey, that's because every other bumper, right, does a little, one little stands that fades out. We're ready. You gave me a second one on that, but that's okay. Who Six says, weeks. Who says you can't keep up? Well, a lot of people, but uh, it came to me in our break that I once bought like a gallon thing of salsa and ate it in like a week. I wish I would have brought that up with our angry man to see if he's ever done that to see if I am as self-destructive with food as he is. I'll tell you what, me and angry man did one time. Uh, we had a random. Weekend off dinner. I think it was the uh, the championship, like the championship weekend, right? Where it's like the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the oh yeah, you know, what whatever SEC, ACC weekend. It was that weekend, that Saturday. Didn't have a lot going on for whatever reason. There was zero sports going on that Strange day. Strange around right? that time of year, yeah. And we ended up. <laughs> 
hey, one of those like Stouffer's big lasagna <laughs> things you can bake, right? Oh, but we also got 90 pizza rolls and yes. two things of like the family Oreos. Yeah. I don't want to bring it up, but we ate all of it. We that had one other guy, our, uh, the, the trainer, Ribeye, was with us. And, uh, oh. and it was three. But the most disappointing thing was we didn't realize the Stouffer's lasagna took like an hour or so to make. God forbid and you we didn't have enough starving. pizza rolls or Oreos. We to were get you starving. To the, uh, well, the, the 93 people, so that's well, you know, an average of 30 pizza rolls. I don't know how many Oreos uh, betwixt uh, three and then uh, the lasagna. I have a long-running mm. bet that has still mm. not been played out with a buddy from back home, and he doesn't think that I can eat 90 pizza rolls in one sitting. Now, I put away 60 before with, with a little bit of room left I now. feel like so I this that, is a segment we need to watch. Yes, and we can do it on Facebook Live. Just bring in the 90 pizza rolls. I'll do it on air, and uh, it'll probably end terribly for me. But you got to try right? I once tried to eat 60 chicken nuggets from one of the fast food places, 53, uh, and could not fit no, literally no, no. another Separate segment we're going to have to do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Insane food stories. Angry Man once ate nine hamburgers and nine innings. It was a challenge at a Chicago right. White Sox game. I do remember that, and uh, we have video evidence of that. I remember that as story. Well. So yeah, we'll have to we'll do that. All right, I think, uh, stepping all over Trey. Yeah, Trey, uh, you're you're back there somewhere, right? Yes, uh, you know, a very interesting story about food, to say the least. So I mean, if you would you like to, to share any food stories yourself, Trey? Uh, Trey, Trey, did you eat two graham crackers today and you're stuffed? What's going on? <laughs> no, I uh, okay. My favorite combination is uh, peanut butter sandwich, sour cream and onion chips, and red Powerade. Oh, it's that's fantastic. Kind of like the, that's kind of like the barbecue sauce and yeah. the French toast. Like the last ingredient really just turns me off. Oh, it's it's fantastic. But uh, anyway, we'll talk some top 25 action. Of course, the polls released yesterday, starting with mm-hmm. North Dakota State, the unanimous number one. No surprise. They picked up a 56-31 victory over uh, number 22 Northern Iowa last week. They were down 31-28, mm-hmm. and they scored four straight touchdowns in the fourth quarter to roll over the Panthers. So moving on to number two, the best mascot in collegiate athletics is South Dakota State Jackrabbits moving into the number two, uh, two spot after uh, James Madison lost to Elon uh, with 117 to play. The Dukes fell to the Phoenix, so we'll get to them here in just a second. Kennesaw State coming in at number three. They were ranked number four last week. Number four, the Eagles of Eastern Washington uh, cracking the top five. They got picked up a win over Southern Utah. Of course, number five, Elon, they jumped uh, to the top five after defeating the Dukes by three, ending the Dukes' 20-game Colonial Athletic Association winning streak. Uh, James Madison dropping to number six after the loss, and also number six, Wofford, someone to look at as ETSU gets ready to play them next week. Uh, number eight is Jacksonville State. Of course, uh, Wofford and James Madison are tied. Meant to, meant to mention that uh, number eight is Jacksonville State, sitting at four and one. Uh, McNeese at five and one, coming in at number nine and rounding out the top ten. North Carolina A and T at five and one. They cracked the top ten this week. Nichols. Sitting- Let's hit, hold on, Trey. Let's hit pause right there at the top ten because there was a moment during an FCS stats great follow if you're into FCS football. There was a moment where both James Madison and North Dakota State were trailing at the same time, and they weren't able to go back right away and figure out the last time that it happened was, but certainly you have to figure that that's a once in a very short lifetime, perhaps, but once in a lifetime type thing. Yeah, and, and especially the last six, eight years, right? Yes. Uh, depending on how dominant those teams are. And Elon, you know, and of course they hammered Furman 
uh, earlier this year, and we're thinking, well, maybe it says a lot about Furman. Maybe it says more about Elon, right? Now you look at that result yeah. at JMU. Yeah. Certainly ETSU last year got a full dose of what JMU is like. And, again, if you follow FCS, and we hope you do if you're watching this show or listening to the show, and uh, you know what they've meant to that level. So I think that was a shock. The other thing was seeing how North Dakota State kind of bounced back uh, on the road and, and ended up hammering Northern Iowa. Now, Northern Iowa was a big shock because I think they're two and three uh, on the season. I think that's a that's a big shocker for that's a, that's an unfamiliar territory for them. And it's also think about number six, Wofford, tied with James Madison. It should really give Southern Conference fans an idea of just what every team in the SoCon is up against when we're talking Wofford. The fact that they're tied with James Madison, who as recently as last week was thought to be one um, A with North Dakota State. Go ahead, Trey. So uh, moving on to Nichols, number 11, they are sitting at 4-2. and two. Last week picked up a victory over Northwestern State, Illinois State. The Redbirds love the Redbirds. Uh, they came in at 15th last week. Now they're at 12th, picking up a win over Western Illinois. Uh, 13th is Weber State sitting at 3-2. and two. 14th, UC Davis uh, at 4-1. and one. The number 15, the Bearcats of Sam Houston State. They've had a stuff, uh, rough start to the season, uh, but have – Gone, kind of gone on course now. They're three and two, sitting at fifteenth. Rhode Island coming at sixteenth, four and one. Uh, Towson, the Tigers. Oh, love the Towson Tigers. Joe Flacco threw for four touchdowns in the win over thirteenth uh, ranked Stony Brook last week. I didn't know he had eligibility left. Oh, uh, Towson, love it. Oh, not Joe Flacco, Tom. <laughs> oh man, Call team. come on, Trey. Oh, oh there. Good he for goes. Joe Flacco pulling double duty. Hey, listen, he he's a great quarterback. Uh, moving on to uh, number 18, Central Arkansas, 3-2. and two. Uh, Number 19, Stony Brook ad dropping down after the loss. Uh, number 20, Colgate coming in at 5-0. and oh. uh, They have had a really good start to the year. Number 21, Maine sitting at 3-2. and two. Number 22, Montana, 4-2. and two. And, of course, everyone's favorite, the ETSU Woo! Buccaneers, jumping Woo! into the top 25 for the first yeah. time since October 30th, 1999. So party like it's 1999 here in Johnson City and number 24, South Dakota, also jumping in the top 25. And rounding out the top 25, the Ivy League Princeton Tigers. Love Princeton. They jump in the top 25. So there's a look at your top 25 this week. Two things. One, uh, I wonder Towson, and uh, it's that's in Baltimore for people who don't know where Towson's at. So I wonder if the Flacco brothers get together at all. I hope there's no animosity. Well, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, the Rogers brothers don't, so I'm just wondering. That's sad. But uh, well, you know, that's uh, another story. I family suppose. issues. There was one other take I had there. You were rattling off for Trey. Now, my take is it sounds like there's a lot of two lost teams ahead of the box, and I am very offended. I also got the take that you love a lot of teams, Trey. Love your teams. And for some reason, your he teams include nicknames. Princeton. Right, right. Trey, Trey likes nicknames. Loves the Jackrabbits. Loves Towson. Loves Princeton. I do. Lo- I love Princeton in basketball more so, just because of you know the whole history and everything. But love the Bucks more, obviously. Number twenty-three, five and one. See, look at that. You got Maine three and two, Montana four and two, Central Arkansas three and two. Yeah, there's just a ton of two lost teams. Nichols. Now it goes back to history, right? Perception. That's, that's what we talk about. That's all it is, yeah. man. Stupid and boy. and some of those. Let's, let's be honest. Some of those have. Um, Played in FBS, so that's one of those losses. Just like ETSU, so that's zero on the level that you play. And then the other thing is, is uh, you know, you look at uh, a couple of the conferences, the Missouri Valley, stuff like that. And there, you know, there's a lot of top 25 teams there that you're playing against week in and week out, like the Southern Conference uh, has had before. So, the other, oh, I know, I was going to say Colgate. So think about Furman. Furman had a cancel game of Colgate. Think that's about they right. would have had another game against the top 20 team. Yep. Uh, they had one against Elon. 
uh, Wofford and Colgate and, ET, <laughs> and ETSU. You're looking at four ranked teams they could have had on the, the schedule. They're not for the challenge. Time. So, All right, that'll do it. Uh, top 25, that'll do it for Sanderson's sidekick. Tomorrow is mystery guest, right? Mystery guest. And we have? Not telling you. Oh, come on. So mystery guest Wednesday. We'll also have Lando's Land. Lando's Land. We'll have. Uh, we'll. Uh, we got a surprise for the listeners. Too. We also uh, game tonight, right? ETSU soccer. ETSU men's soccer versus BMI. BMI on a 41 match losing streak in the Southern Conference. So ETSU, you're thinking probably should be able to handle business, chalk up another W, and uh, continue to push strong towards the uh, postseason in the Southern Conference. So we'll talk about that tomorrow on the broadcast as well. So a lot to talk about on Wednesday's edition of Sandos. And the sidekick, don't forget to download to SoundCloud, iTunes. You can also follow us on those or subscribe to RSS feed, Twitter, Facebook Live. We're trying to give you as much content as we can for ETSU's Sandos and the sidekick. This has been a production of the Buccaneers Sports Network.